That movie sucked. I kind of liked it. Movie Night Crew Network. He held up the envelope in which Mrs. Weasley's letter had come, and Harry had to fight down a laugh. Every bit of it was covered in stamps, except for a square inch on the front into which Mrs. Weasley had squeezed the Dursley's address in minute handwriting. What's up, potheads? Welcome to the Restricted Section, a show in which a bunch of nerds with potty mouths reread the Harry Potter series for the umpteenth time and discuss the way that the story and its themes have stayed with the generation into adulthood. Thank you so much for listening. If you haven't done the reading, don't worry, we did it for you. Here's what we're talking about today. Chapter 3, The Invitation. During breakfast one day, the text's extremely heavy-handed and deplorable fat-shaming is interrupted when Uncle Vernon gets some unusual mail. He brings Harry into the living room to share that Mrs. Weasley has sent a letter asking if Harry can join the Weasleys at the Quidditch World Cup. She has also included approximately one million stamps on the envelope because she doesn't know how muggle mail works, okay? So Harry and Vernon go back and forth a little bit, and finally Harry uses his only leverage to get his way by threatening to write to Sirius Black, who the Dursleys think is just an actual escaped guilty convicted murderer who is related to Harry. So yeah, so go Harry. Well done. Welcome to the restricted section. We're using too many stamps is literally as bad as murder, you stinking witch. I am tickled pink to be joined today by my most euphonious friend, Leela. Say hello to the listeners, Leela. Hello to the listeners, Leela. Oh my god, she knows what euphonious <laughs> means. <laughs> of course. I literally googled word that means good at singing. <laughs> I could have not known what it meant, and but I just sing everything. But yeah, well, I knew what it meant. It's also like euphoric plus like ph- ph- phonetic. Mm, moving on. <laughs> And I am so delighted that our special guest this week is Carrie, co-host of Curly Critics over on WBNE. Say hello to the listeners, Carrie. Hi. I'm so excited to be here. I also did not know what that word meant that you said. Euphonious? Yeah, I had no idea. Me neither. I had to I had to Google a word good enough to describe Leo. <laughs> oh, please do go on. <laughs> So, um, Carrie, can you please tell the listeners, maybe if they haven't heard before, what your podcast is all about? Yeah, me and my best friend Jade have a podcast where we review things, uh, books, movies, TV shows. Right now we're going through the Harry Potter books. I was going to say, they do cover some (laughs) topics that you might be interested in, dear listener. We're on book six right now, but our lives got really busy, so we're having to slow down. (laughs) But that's the goal. (laughs) Pacing yourself through the Harry Potter books is such a challenge. (laughs) Um, yeah, but it, I mean, y'all like Harry Potter. That's why you're here. I definitely <laughs> recommend following them on Twitter because they're tweeting some pretty pretty choice Harry Potter takes right now. <laughs> I'm just full of them all the time. So what is your Harry Potter history? Like, when did you start reading the books? When did you watch the movie? Like, what's going on? Yeah, so I wasn't allowed to read them growing up, but all of my friends were. So finally, I... Convinced my mom to let me read them when I was, like, 12. And I read all seven of them in seven days. Oh, Oh, my God. (laughs) 
That's like how the world was created. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I watched the first movie after the first book. Like, I finished the first book and then immediately watched the first movie. And then I was like, I cannot do this again. I just spent the whole movie being like, these are the things that are different. So after I read all of them, I watched all the movies. Right. It's good to have, like, the closure on the book series so that you can, like, enjoy the films as a separate, a totally separate (laughs) thing. Yeah, getting too into the film discourse, like, is rough because it's, like, in the end, no matter what your complaints are, I'm going to watch them. Like, I really enjoy them. But if we're going to start taking notes, yes, I do have a pretty significant (laughs) list. (laughs) Yeah. I feel like we, Tina, when the books came out, you know, we were, like, around the same age as the main characters. Um, I don't know. Carrie, I'm not really, I'm not sure how old you are. We don't have to talk about it. It's fine. Much Um, younger than you. (laughs) I read, um, I read the original trilogy when they first came out and I was eight years old. Yeah. And I feel like when the movies came out, I was, I was not thinking logically, like I must finish every book, but no, I was just like, I love thing. Thing comes out that I like and watch (laughs) thing related to thing. Yeah. I remember loving it. I was like, they captured every detail. And I do remember having great anxiety before every movie and coming out always like generally relieved, you know, like generally like, okay, all right. No, that feels good. I feel good about that. Yeah. I think the only one I didn't feel that way about was the was Order of the Phoenix, obviously, but I didn't like the book that much either. Um, Mm. (laughs) And then Deathly Hallows part, which one of the parts was better than the other. (laughs) okay well i'm gonna need some clarification on that you cannot Um, have it (laughs) so carrie if you had to sort yourself what hogwarts house are you ravenclaw okay we tend to get a lot of ravenclaws on the show don't know why i guess they like talking about books um like what part of the whole like ravenclaw persona do you relate with i really love knowledge love learning I'm getting my master's right now, so I'm just, like, all the Ooh. school. I just love learning. <laughs> and I don't, like, necessarily like learning for the application use of it, which is, I feel like, a more of a Slytherin thing, is, like, mm-hmm. getting knowledge and then using it. I'm just, like, I want to know things, which is why I think I'm more Ravenclaw than Slytherin. Yes. Knowledge, the pursuit of knowledge for knowledge's sake. Yes. It's beautiful. I love it. We could do with a little bit more of that, perhaps, in this (laughs) book series. So this chapter, what are we doing? It is chapter three of Goblet of Fire, The Invitation. It is. I know I've said this um, in last week's episode, but it, it really is so bananas how stupid these first couple of chapters are, considering (laughs) some of the chapters that happen later in this book that are just so dense. So dense. Yeah, I just finished rereading this, actually, on Sunday. So it took me a long time to get through, which was surprising to me, because I feel like as a kid, I ripped right through it. It is 735 pages. Yeah, but but Carrie read it in a day. No, I cannot do that now. (laughs) I just... (laughs) It took me, like, two weeks to read Goblet of Fire and Order of the Phoenix when I did them recently, and I was just like, how did I do this as a child? Yeah. How <laughs> I, did we? Because I just ripped right through it as well. I am totally with you. I used to read them in, like, a day. I I think part of it is just, like, a genuine, not, not just, like, n- not having responsibilities as a child, but even furthermore, like, knowing that there's nothing, like... There's no weight of the world on you. There's no, like, I could be doing dishes. It's like, it's like, I am 
eight years old. And I just, <laughs> all I have to do is read right now. <laughs> yeah, there's nothing else. There's no, you have no other responsibilities. Because honestly, I have been able to read a lot better recently than like ever before. And it's because I have the kind of job where you just kind of hang out. And so I, it takes me kind of back to the good old days where I'm like, wow, there's actually kind of nothing else I could be doing right now. Like, I'm not home. I can't be doing dishes. I'll just read 400 pages of Harry Potter. Wow. I want that job. (laughs) I mean, a Ravenclaw wouldn't be happy in this job for sure. It is not intellectually stimulating. Um, But I have a good time. So it is morning time at the Dursley's house. Uh, We get some pretty strong fat shaming about Dudley like right away. (laughs) Um, It's like it's not subtle. I think it's like pretty uncomfortable. What do you guys think? Oh, I don't like it. Yeah, it's it's never been something that I appreciated. I think I thought it maybe thought it was funny. Like as a kid, the first time she made a fat joke, like maybe the first time. Yeah. But then she does it like she just can't honestly like try to find one sentence about them that doesn't have the some kind of fat or hog shaped or whatever. Like there's not one. There are other qualities in people, even if they're despicable, you know? Yeah. And this it goes on for like two, three pages of just talking about how fat Dudley is. (laughs) (laughs) How fat is he? Yeah, like on a narrative level, she every almost every time she mentions Dudley, she mentions how fat he is. But then also the plot right now, this chapter starts with us talking about how he's on a diet. Diet, yeah. Because his school nurse has raised concerns, which is like super valid, but it's like a health concern. Like I can't imagine a writer making jokes to this extent about like hypertension or like diabetes or like some other like chronic health concern just the diet itself makes me uncomfortable because it's like this kid is so used to eating so much food and like you're giving him a like quarter of a grapefruit like that's not enough food to sustain somebody (laughs) it's definitely not enough food and then also i i mean from what i understand from like nutritional science like totally depriving yourself of stuff just makes stronger cravings because yeah. it's like, wow, I get nothing now. I don't think that's how diets work. I think we can all we all can have kind of at least I've definitely been up and down the road with diets. Wow, same. Um, that's exactly how I would describe it. What did, what's, what did Golden Girls uh, going going down the road and back again? Um, with diets, so I, euphonious. <laughs> oh my god, thank you, um, thank you. EU. Um, thank you, phony. Thank you, phony. <laughs> Us. Okay. Um, oh, God. Um, stupid. Okay, I, t- I did diets before. But one thing that you never do, you always think, like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to wake up tomorrow and I'm going to make myself for breakfast a smoothie. And you're like, that goes really good. You're like, I like smoothies. That's This is yummy. Lunch. I'm going to have a kale salad with chicken on it okay like I meal prepped this I can handle it and then dinner comes and you're like I'll have chicken and brown rice and you're like I just absolutely will not do that <laughs> you just, you're just like that or if you do that you end up I would end up eating like a full two sleeves of Oreos you know what I mean <laughs> you're like it's fine because I had this healthy dinner yeah <laughs> um Yeah, for sure. It's really just the way that this woman correlates the fatness with, like, 
it's like so obviously supposed to be painting him as a bad person. Yeah. It's like fat is bad. Yeah. And it's like he can be a really shitty person and fat in a way that is like not related. <laughs> yeah. And I don't know like if it's just if it's just her. I listened to last week's episode. <laughs> but um uh, or if it's like a thing in England like like a fat sh- like if body conscious stuff and maybe like curve culture and stuff like that isn't or was never I don't know I just feel like I just feel like it's really it's just really a lot and I it's just so much to correlate like this is an evil family and look how fucking fat they are that's like kind of the tone I get from her I don't know I guess we're supposed to hate them yeah it is kind of like feels just so old school to me the way that like sort of like old timey like superstitions yeah. are like oh well like god's cursing them with fatness for being so evil. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Okay. Um I like wrote down I, for some reason in my notes I wrote like several specific quotes that I like simply will not read but they all end with me just in WTF. <laughs> In all capitals. So everyone in the family has to be on the same diet as Dudley. Um, so everyone gets, this is just, this is, this is so ridiculous. A grapefruit quarter per person. Like at least let everyone have their own grapefruit. Come on. Uh, it's fruit. It's not even sweet fruit. It's like not even good fruit. It's like yeah. the punishment fruit. <laughs> Do you guys like grapefruit? No. No. I like grapefruit flavored things. Yeah, me too. I love, oh my god, the Pample Mousse LaCroix is my mm, favorite. I do love me some Pample. Or like a, a Pomona. Ooh, what's that? I've had that before. It's a margarita, but with like grapefruit. Grapefruit juice, yeah. Yeah. I love those. Oh, yeah. Wow, I forgot to confess that I broke the cardinal sin of the restricted section and I drank margaritas before recording today. <laughs> <laughs> We've run into trouble with that before, but yeah. I think I'm holding it together pretty well. That's, where did you go? Did you go to that awesome little mex a little restaurant that's near you yes ponchos oh. Oh, oh that's a different one like poncho via no or are you talking about little mexico no it's okay <laughs> there's this a lot of mexican re- are you talking about the annex <laughs> no <laughs> <laughs> then i don't know what the fuck it's you're like one that about. you that makes good marks and you and Haley go all the time um Little Mexico. <laughs> okay, yes. This is not great content. Our <laughs> listeners don't mostly live here. Carrie definitely doesn't live here. That would be yep. very surprising. Sorry, no. Harry. <laughs> um, yeah, wow. So Harry is a skinny kid. So his privilege as a skinny kid is that he has a whole stash of sweets upstairs that he got his friends to send him, and he just gets to eat it all because he's skinny and he's the good guy. Yeah. Wow. And he's a most unusual boy. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's, I think, I just feel like it's all just like an extension, an extension of the setup from the last episode. But yeah. fi- finally, we're about to get to the action because, dun na the doorbell rings. Yay. <laughs> Yay, indeed. Uncle Vernon answers it and, and it, and it's the mailman being like, dude, look at this funny letter. Remember three years ago when those letters were like attacking you and, and they, like there was owls sending them through your chimney and they were rolled up in the egg cartons or whatever. Just kidding. The mailman probably didn't know about that, but it, I do feel like Vernon has like male trauma. Oh, for sure. 
I feel like the Dursleys are so, like, we have to make sure that we look properly and, like, we don't say the wrong thing. But I feel like none of their neighbors care. Like, wow. the craziest things could happen and then the Dursleys would just be like, oh, no, people are going to find out. And the, their neighbors are just like, oh, okay, owls. <laughs> it has literally never occurred to me before that the neighbors might not care. <laughs> <laughs> me neither. I'm like, they must because they are they care. Like, the Dursleys are so concerned. Yeah, yes, exactly. But, like, <laughs> wow, that's my new headcanon is that they're just surrounded by, like, college students and, like, no one gives a shit. <laughs> They're just whatever, man. Whatever, man. <laughs> wow. That would be very funny. Um, okay, so Uncle Vernon's grumpy now because of the mail. <laughs> and he takes Harry into the living room. Um, he reads this letter to Harry. Um, and it's Mrs. Weasley writing to Uncle Vernon very politely. Um, to ask if Harry can come visit them and go to the Quidditch World Cup. A couple yeah. things. I probably would have written earlier in the summer. <laughs> because it's just like a, it's like a week away, right? Or no, it's like it's a like, day away. Yeah, a day away. She has no idea how long the muggle mail takes. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I probably would have started at the beginning of the summer asking permission like believing that it would have taken some convincing you know yes yeah i mean they're gonna come anyway so <laughs> yeah well it's true. I, I don't think that i don't think there's anything that they could have done to make the dursleys feel kind like feel be like you know what he does does it let's it's a what she said it's a once in a lifetime opportunity like heck let's let little harry go like that's just not there <laughs> man um so, so she, at the end of the letter, she says, I do hope we've put enough stamps on. And like, <laughs> she did. It's pretty cute. It's very cute. Um, The letter is absolutely covered in stamps. I just, she had to go to the Muggle post office to mail this anyway. Like, why not just go into the postmaster of Ottery St. Catchpole and ask how to put a stamp on a letter? She spent so much money on stamps. <laughs> stamps aren't too. cheap <laughs> wow I, I wonder how many stamps like that would be probably like 30 stamps times how much do stamps cost wait I'm gonna refer to my stamps um my stamps just say forever okay that's useless to me. <laughs> damn it um okay well if only there was a math person here oh well moving on well um you know I mean I feel like it's funny because she did they did it to like be they're like, we don't want to be inconspicuous. We must be inconspicuous, you know? Like, if I, I went in there and asked the postmaster, what's his face? Like, how does one apply a stamp? She was like, they're going to know. Like, they're going to know something's off with us. They're going to find, they're going to find my family. She's a lot at stake. So she's like, let's just like, we know stamps are involved somehow. <laughs> how about we cover the sucker? <laughs> and then, then, uh, then no one will think anything's out of the, out of the uh, ordinary. If anything, she just made a lot of people's days because everybody who ha ha like held that letter was like, wow, this is funny. <laughs> it's true. Um, I have mailed things to like um, our friends like Mots in um, Norway or like Sam in Australia and I feel like Molly Weasley when I'm stamping up those envelopes. I'm like, okay, this needs like $5 of stamps to get to Norway. Um, 
That is very valid that Molly, I'm sure, wants to stay on the DL. But for what it's worth, Molly, my boss asked me literally last week how to prepare an envelope to be mailed. Um, (laughs) He genuinely had no idea. It was very endearing and ridiculous. (laughs) Um, Okay, so there's like considerable back and forth between Harry and Vernon. Harry is full sass. I love that for him. (laughs) Yes. Me too. He's yeah, like, I know you all, but what am I? Honestly, like Daniel Radcliffe made Harry like too, uh, like passive. Pl- nice. Yeah, passive. <laughs> I was gonna say like is placid, right? What does that mean? <laughs> flaccid? <laughs> no, not not flaccid. Wait, define placid <laughs> with a P. <laughs> um, it means not easily upset or excited. Yes, that is the word I was <laughs> yes. looking for. Um, he's just very milk toast in the films. Um, but little Harry is so sassy in these books. <laughs> he is. And finally, he uses Sirius Black as a threat. <laughs> so Vernon gives him permission because he's like, you have a convict godfather. <laughs> and that is alarming to me. I mean, at least he has some something he can use to like like get basic necessities or not be killed. I don't know. <laughs> I feel like nothing makes Sirius happier than knowing that he's being used as blackmail against Harry's Oh yeah. Awful. Aunt and uncle. Yeah. <laughs> it's just another thing. Molly's letter, she like talks about like I'm sure Harry's told you about this. And it's like, does she just not know that <laughs> Harry is has a horrible home life with the Dursleys? Like I feel like she should know that. <laughs> Does he ever get into it with them? Like, I mean, I, I know, like, I can tell by her behavior. Well, no, that's because of what happens later in this chapter. No, I, don't, I feel like Harry hasn't said anything. But, like, them. they, in Chamber of Secrets, they, like, literally came and rescued him. So, like, Ron at least knows what's going on. I think Ron knows what's going on. I think he probably doesn't realize, like, this is, like, textbook abuse and, like, the ad- other adults should be intervening. Um, Because Ron is a little dense. (laughs) Um, So I feel like Molly has only gathered, like, some of it. But, like, also she's not in a good position to do anything other than, like, wait for something bad to happen. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's a bad position to be in. And honestly, if I were in Molly Weasley's position, I would probably, like, misbehave more about it. Like, if a child that I loved was getting abused go murder somebody yeah. <laughs> or at least like break him out every summer <laughs> yeah be like we know you hate him just in, ha- we would in- we invite harry to stay with us every summer here's the thing is like dumbledore insists that for Ugh. the love magic <laughs> okay to like carry on yeah <laughs> that harry <laughs> has to go go home every summer he has to like go be with blood every summer and okay, like but for I'm, how long that is exactly like is like can I just shake her hand and like be on my way like why do I have to why does he have to be there all summer and he doesn't because later on he's there for like two weeks and then he like leaves yes like why isn't there some alternative like I'm sure everyone would be happy but it's like oh we just have to like trust Dumbledore because he said this is how it has to go Mm. never trust Dumbledore (laughs) (laughs) damn absolutely not Oof, man, I was um, out of town at a wedding this last weekend, and so I was staying at a hotel, and I got cable for the first time in, like, five years. Obviously, 
they were doing a Harry Potter marathon because that's what cable does. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I was like getting ready for this wedding. So I was watching it like so half-assedly and it was like books six and seven. And it was like so dramatic, so, so intense. Heavy. Sean, bless his heart, my husband, Sean, just like was asking me these questions. And I was like, I, <laughs> I like, I certainly don't have the time to get into this right now. <laughs> like he was being like... <laughs> Like, wait, but Snape's really a bad guy, right? And they, they didn't know it all the long all along. And I'm like, I, I can't even begin to engage in this philosophical <laughs> discussion with you. Like I'm curling. Depends my on hair. how you define a bad guy. <laughs> exactly. I was like, well, <laughs> common perception. Um, it's just like so this that's exactly why I like don't casually watch movies six through eight, because like I either have to watch them the way that I watch like Hamilton with like my entire soul or like not at all, you know, like I can't just be like casually watching the later movies. Well, yeah, they're so heavy. I think I remember I was at the beach with my family. Like I was at the Outer Banks with my family one year when we, when Deathly Hallows Part 1 came out. And I went to go see that with my cousin, who's, she's five years younger than me. And she was like, I just like, you guys are so into this Harry Potter. Maybe I'll start. (laughs) (laughs) And she started with Deathly Hallows Part One. (laughs) And um, for whatever reason, I was like, hell yeah, you'll love it. And, you know, on the way there, I'm like, so this is what happens (laughs) until then. Um, Oh, my God. That is simply not the recommended path. She was like, are you crying? I was like, yes. <laughs> you reminded me, this is like not entirely related, but you reminded me that I have this like traumatic memory of also watching a movie with family at the Outer Banks. Um, <laughs> I have like a pretty lame uncle and he was like pretty drunk at the Outer Banks while we were watching like Catching Fire. And I think I think oh. it might have been the first time I had ever seen it or something. Or maybe like only, maybe it was my first time since it had been in theaters. But I was like very engaged and watching it like so intensely and like the whole room was just like quiet and like watching catching fire except for my drunk ass uncle kept being like wait 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 is that jennifer lawrence (laughs) (laughs) like he asked her like 15 times throughout the movie wait 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 who wait what is she doing like through the whole movie get out of here i was like can you just yeah go drink your red stripes somewhere else (laughs) red stripes Okay, wow. Where even were we? So Harry is, like, skipping happily up to his room. Um, Hedwig's back. She wasn't there in the last chapter. Um, The last chapter had absolutely nothing going on in it, including Hedwig wasn't even there. (laughs) Pigwidgeon. Ooh, I've never said that one aloud before. (laughs) Pigwidgeon? That sounds right. Yeah. Because they call him Pig, right? Yeah, Pig. That's a really cute name for, like, a tiny little owl. It is. It kind of reminds me of, like, a cat named Pig would be, like, really cute. (laughs) (laughs) But it would have to be a skinny cat because if it was was fat, then you would just be like her. It would be just like her. It would be an evil cat. (laughs) An evil cat. It would be an evil Um, cat. My adorable chubby cat Penny, I think, would be an adorable pig. She would. She's not, like... She's not chubby. She's not morbidly obese, but she's no. she's uh, definitely a lump if I ever seen one. Yeah, a little potato. Yes, a potato. A potato. <laughs> so Pigwidgeon is there with a follow up letter from Ron 
so I, I really think that, like, they waited, like, a week for a response and, like, it, they didn't hear one because, like, they hadn't even gotten the letter yet. Because, like, muggle mail is slow. So I think he was like, well, it's been a while. I, I might as well send a follow-up letter. But the letter also makes it seem like he wrote that as soon as they got the tickets. Oh, yeah. No, you are right. I read it and I was like, how fast is the muggle mail? Yeah. Or maybe it's just how slow Pig is. he tries so hard i love it um he's one of my favorite characters i think (laughs) i just love people who try so hard so maybe i will but they're in the country i feel like muggle mail couldn't go that fast yeah no absolutely not she that was that was a little bit of a bloop for a a little bit of a blooper bloop her (laughs) (laughs) oof that one was rough okay um but i laughed heartily at it so i guess it was good thank you um so ron makes it clear that they're planning to come get harry on sunday no matter what excellent yeah (laughs) i know there's uh, there's not a lot going on in this chapter i'm trying to stretch it out um well so this is this is kidnap. This is like a planned kidnap. <laughs> um, is it kidnapping if Harry goes willingly? I think technically yes, if his guardians say no. <laughs> well, they said yes, so it's fine. <laughs> yes, indeed. Um, it, it's just it is silly that they like don't even mention like how they're gonna come get him, and also Harry doesn't wonder how they're gonna come get him. Oh, sorry. I accidentally started reading it again. <laughs> <laughs> Is this the one where they come through the fireplace oh, yeah. in the next oh, chapter? Yeah. Oh, that yeah. would have been important to know. Like, you probably should have mentioned that. <laughs> I guess they just, like, can't fathom a home without, like, a, an actual, like, ongoing, like, fire in the hearth at all times. In case yeah. Amos Diggory needs to drop by to talk about Mad-Eye Moody or whatever. Right. The flu network feels like such a invasion of privacy all the time. Yeah. Yeah, because it's like, fucked up. It's not like somebody's knocking at your door. Like, they just show up. <laughs> yeah, I wonder if there's, like, anything... I wonder if there's any security in the flu network. If there's, like, anything to be done. If you, like, don't wish for visitors. Or you don't wish... Can you, like, block someone? Block. You would... <laughs> you, well, you, I think you have to... You would just have to, like block everyone or have it open for everyone i think those are your only two options so don't make any enemies yeah Yeah. not even one (laughs) or just don't have friends if you have an enemy it just would be such a nightmare in like the weasley household for example because they would need to have it on because he has a ministry job and like they have a lot of things going on they would need to always let people come in but like there's so much going on that someone could just straight come into your home and like you it might be that like no one notices you know yeah that's that's the real reason harry has to stay at the dursley's because they don't have a working flu network, so Voldemort just can't come in and kill Harry in his home. <laughs> oh my god, wait a goddamn second. I mean, like, what in later books prevents Voldemort from just stepping into the flu network and, like, stepping out in your living room and murdering you and then, like, stepping back into the fireplace? I'm so confused. That's a pretty big, uh, <laughs> pretty big hole there. <laughs> wow. Wow, what do we even do with this information? <laughs> uh, Voldemort, I've got a plan for you. <laughs> okay, great. So 
Ron's like, yeah, we're coming to get you. Don't even worry about it. Hermione's coming. I invited her first. It's no big deal. Don't read into that. Um, <laughs> Hermione spends a lot of time at the Weasleys. Considering that she is an only child who got like swept away into this world of like magic. I, I feel like my parents never would have permitted that. No, not for that amount of time. Like, you don't see her for the entire year, and then she comes home for, like, two weeks in the summer. Is like, I have to go again. And she's, like, <laughs> lying to them, because there's no way she's actually telling them what's happening. Yeah, how yeah. does that work with Hermione's parents? Because they... Do they know she's a... So do they know she's a wizard? A witch? Sorry. Yes, they do. They... I mean, I think you need parental consent. I God, I Hogwarts. hope that you need... But also, we saw her. We saw her parents in Diagon Alley in Prisoner of Azkaban. Oh yeah. So they definitely know. Honestly, I mean, I think that Mr. and Mrs. Weasley possibly like wined and dined Mr. and Mrs. Granger, and we're like, <laughs> "Hey, our kids are friends. I know this must be hard for you. Like, we're here. We're here to answer any questions. Like, I like to think that there's a friendship there that we just don't yeah. get to see. That would be nicer than. Hermione doesn't tell them anything that happens at school and just comes up with an excuses every summer to leave. <laughs> yes. Although, but, I mean, there's no way she's telling them the truth because then she'd have to come home and be like, oh, yeah, my friend Harry almost died because Voldemort was growing on the back of this guy's uh, head. <laughs> oh, that truth. Surely, oh, yeah. surely she doesn't tell them all that. <laughs> wow, all of my teachers are trying to kill everybody. Yeah. There was a werewolf. <laughs> I spent, uh, like, two months petrified. <laughs> Mm, oh my god yeah <laughs> wow i actually completely forgot about that and we talked about that a lot at the time when we covered it on the pod like the parents aren't being informed like what if someone else has mandrake potion <laughs> just ready and we don't even have to wait for the mandrakes to grow <laughs> yeah <sighs> i guess we can't like go someone in the ministry again. But yeah, like, literally anyone. Like, maybe they grew in the wild. Whatever. Okay, we can't do this. Um, <laughs> we're past that book. We're we're reading Ron's letter. Um, basically, the only other thing Ron says is that Percy has started a job with the Ministry of Magic. And Ron is like, please, literally, don't even mention it because I cannot stand to hear him speak of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're so mean to Percy. Percy is a gigantic prick. Yeah, I know. But they don't help um, the situation. Like, it yeah. was almost inevitable, inevitable with how they treat him. Exactly. How is he not supposed to act like what they project him to be? He's also the only sibling to not have a partner. Yeah, it's so sad. So he's just, like, on his own. Well, Jenny, well, she's yeah. the girl, so yeah. it doesn't, she doesn't count. But, like, <laughs> Jenny and Ron are close enough in age that they can, the, like, hang out the together. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you're right. Um, yeah. Oh, that is a little tragic. Um, but also it's like, be a better friend and maybe you'll have better friends. <laughs> also that. Whatever happened to Penelope Clearwater. Okay, yeah. well, here's the thing is, at the end, so Percy and Penelope Clearwater is like a thing in Chamber of Secrets, right? Because like, Ginny saw them making out or whatever. Or whatever. Or, or whatever. <laughs> And then, like, in Prisoner of Azkaban, we were wondering on the pod, did he dump Penelope Clearwater so that he can focus on being head boy and, like, getting all his newts or whatever? Um, but but she, she, like, popped up again. But I think in this book, finally, 
he has fully ditched her to pursue his career because we don't hear about her again. Poor Penelope. I know. I Maybe love- she ditched him. Wow. I feel like that's more likely. I wonder if um, <laughs> Harry Potter dot wiki dot whatever um, has a career listed for her. Oh, oh my god, I read this wrong. Oh my god, I'm like skimming through Penelope Clearwater's harrypotter.fandom.com and I read it wrong and I it's it says, sadly, she did not end up marrying her Hogwarts bro- boyfriend as Percy eventually married a woman named Audrey and had two children with her. But I read it as Penelope did not end up marrying Percy because she eventually married a woman named Audrey and had two children with her. And I was like, what? what? <laughs> R.I.P. That did not happen. Um, it doesn't have her career listed for her. Oh, well. She surely ditched him. So she's she could focus on very herself. successful. Yeah. Like many a high school relationship ends, she probably was like, you should grow up a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Call me later. <laughs> when that <Yeah>. happens. <laughs> I think that, like, some of these characters are so serviced by the films, like, like, obviously, we, we've talked at length about how Snape is, like, Alan Rickman does so much for that character. But some characters, the films, um, kind of like we were talking about with Harry, just, like, <laughs> it, like, takes some layers away. And I think Percy is one of those people that the films turned into just, like, a straight-up caricature. Like, he has next to no lines. He pretty much only matters in like the first movie because he's like oh first is this way or whatever (laughs) (laughs) and he has such like an arc in the books i wish i wish we could see more of percy you know what i want i want to see percy hanging out with bill and charlie and no one else like what is going on there because when they go to the quidditch world cup um, the kids and like Arthur go ahead and like Percy, Bill and Charlie can apparate. So they come later. And like, what are they talking about while they're hanging out the three of them? I feel like Percy would be really quiet around them because they're like, Bill and Charlie are just like big personality, like really cool guys. And then there's Percy. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like they're nice to him, but like maybe a lot for him. <laughs> or he's a lot for them. well that's the thing is like I don't think that he like I totally agree like I don't think he would act the same way when it's like it's like these two people I think more than anyone see you exactly for what you are (laughs) so (laughs) there's I don't think there's nearly as much like bragging and like grandiose Percy the prefect (laughs) so anyway he works at the ministry don't mention it (laughs) um Harry sends his little RSVP back to Ron and he um, adds a little addendum to his letter to Sirius Black. He's like, if you want to contact me, I'll be at Ron's house. Not that, I mean, these magical birds can find Sirius just like south, (laughs) just like vaguely south. So like, I'm sure they can find Harry at Ron's house. I've always wondered about that. How the birds know where to go. I don't know. Yeah. I know. Well, even in real life, like, how the fuck do carrier pigeons work? <laughs> <laughs> like, what kind of sorcery is that? <laughs> how big can their brains even be? I don't know. Maybe it's, like, their number one imperative, you know? Yeah. It is crazy. You already talked about it in the last chapter, but, like, that Sirius, like, sent Harry's letter with, like, a with a tropical bird. And um, 
which just like to me implies that he just like found a, a nearby bird and was like, "Go oh, fly this to my godson," <laughs> and the bird is like quack and like did it. I- <laughs> Okay, because the alternative is that he, let's say he's in Brazil. Let's say he's in Brazil. Like, does he go to a Brazilian, like, wizarding village and, like, seek out a post office? A a magical post office? Or does he just, like, go into the woods and try to convince this, like, toucan? (laughs) It's like, do all birds have the ability to carry these letters? Or is it just, like, magical birds? Yeah, or is it like Matt- birds of a certain size and intelligence? Like not a parakeet, but like a, a flamingo. Sure, <laughs> the flamingo is cr- it's crazy. They did kind of describe it like a flamingo, right? Yeah, tra- that's n- crazy to me. That is not what I would have thought <laughs> by a tropical bird. It's not like a good flyer, are they? I, I didn't I even realize so. flamingos could fly. <laughs> How funny would it be if they were flightless birds? <laughs> I think. Wait, okay, this is the third time we've had to Google something. Are <laughs> <laughs> flamingos flight less um no <laughs> the answer is okay. no they can fly i've never seen i watch a lot of nature documentaries and i've never seen a flamingo fly in those i only seen them walk back and forth in the little swamp like idiots so i'll believe flamingos can fly when i see it yeah so Hedwig is like bye I know exactly where Sirius Black is I got this don't even worry about it which like didn't she just get there and he's like what did he say Hermione is arriving arriving this afternoon yeah no Hedwig oh Hedwig Hedwig like just rolled up after like days of being missing I think and then he's like okay bitch go (laughs) up to a long journey yeah like let her chill overnight or whatever um, there's no time. There's no time. <laughs> so then Harry eats some cake and is like, I'm a luck, luck, lucky boy. <laughs> and that's how the chapter ends. <laughs> <laughs> Leela, what was your favorite part of this chapter? Um, I thought the letter that uh, Mrs. Weasley's letter was very sweet and cute. And I loved the the bit with the stamps all over it. I thought mm-hmm. that was quite delightful. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, more like magic versus muggle mishaps. We love to see it. Mm-hmm. I guess, uh, yeah, that's really what stood out to me. What about you, Carrie? I liked when Harry gets the permission to go and he like walks up to Dudley and he's like, that was an excellent breakfast, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I love it when Harry like sasses Dudley. <laughs> Yeah, spicy. Because Dudley has no brain cells, so he can't even come up with a comeback. (laughs) Yes. There's that legendary moment. Oh, man. I forget the joke, though. So I'm like, I always get myself into. (laughs) But when he's like something about practicing like swirlies on. And then Harry's like, oh, like, I'm not sure the toilet has ever had anything like as gross as your head in it or like whatever. (laughs) Um, Yeah. I see. That's the thing is it's like Harry can be sassy to Dudley and like we can come to hate him through that lens rather than you're describing him as like a disgusting person. Yeah. Like we can hate him because he's cruel and mean and and dumb like versus, you know, he's all of those things be. And because he's fat. Almost. It kind of seems like that. Yeah. It just seems like she ran out of descriptors for the Dursleys. <laughs> and it's just like, I'll just keep using this whale analogy. 
And the fact that <laughs> Vernon Dursley's face is purple over and over again. Oh my yeah. god. His piggy eyes. What the fuck well, are piggy eyes? Look, <laughs> luckily, that's something that gets kind of lost in translation in the films because they cast, I mean, no, no child... I've never seen a child in my life that is wider than he is tall, which is no. how they describe him. That's a cartoon character. <laughs> yeah. So like they had to get like a regular normal sized boy to play him in the movies. So like, I'm glad for that. Cause so it's like, he's shitty just cause he's shitty in the movies. Yeah. I feel like I've seen that actor in like other things recently. And I'm like, that's oh, yeah. Dudley, what you doing? He's making a comeback. He's been in some cool <laughs> shit. He was in um the old guard. That was such a good movie. Oh yeah. Well, and also, good, good um, for you. Uh, the Queen's Gambit. Oh, yeah. that's what I saw him in. Right, right, yeah. right. I mean, he's great. He's he great, great now that it. he's. He, you know, every every child actor has to kind of like break free of that role. Yeah, <laughs> that one defining role. Yeah, some are unable to, or you know, may grow up and find that they're not talented. Emma, <laughs> but um, you know, Oof. that's just one man's opinion. So my favorite part of this chapter was probably reading Ron's letter because I really love Ron and especially like every time I read the series, I'm like, oh yeah, Ron is great. And I get like really defensive of him because like the films do him so dirty. And just like imagine Ron, imagine the kinds of things that he's like interested in. Like imagine him trying to sit down and do homework, just like... But then imagine him sitting down and like lovingly writing a letter to Harry. (laughs) (laughs) It makes me so happy. (laughs) And he's such a little cutie. And his little letter is so cute. Yeah, their friendship is developed so nicely. All three of them. Well, not Hermione, really. But Harry and Ron are developed so nicely in the books. And they do just kind of make him seem like the the joke, I feel like. Like the punchline a little bit in the movies. Honestly... Brooke recently shared in our Discord server um, a really excellent video that broke down. I mean, I think we all can agree that, like, Ron was done dirty in the movies. And, um, but it's, like, almost, like, such a big issue that it's, like, you, it's hard to get into it further than that. It's, like, they just failed him, in like, at every turn. And mm. so this movie took the time to really, like, break down all the different ways in which, like, the writers um, insisted on serving the narrative rather than his character. So I'll put a link to that in the show notes because it was great. I never watch videos. I hate being shown videos. Don't send them to me. And this was like a 35-minute long YouTube video. and But I just watched it, and I was, like, there for every moment of it. Okay. Yeah. Um, hashtag justice for Ron. <laughs> um, okay, cool. Any last thoughts about this chapter before we wrap it on up? I thought the description of Harry's clothes that he was wearing for Dudley's that, that were Dudley's clothes, I had, like, never realized before, like, how big they were on him. And he's he like... they had to be folded up five times. And that the, like, sweatshirt went all the way down, like, past his knees. That is, like, so ridiculous to That's even insane. imagine. <laughs> but I'm also, like, don't... Can't you shrink those with magic? Like, Harry can't, because he <laughs> is, like, underage. But, like, when he, like, goes to the burrow, can't he be like, hey, can you make these fit? Wow. Yes. <laughs> And probably Molly Weasley's the kind of person who would just do it for him without a sweetie. Come over here. We're going to fix your clothes. Okay. Yeah. These little details are like cute, but then they like never get brought up again. And it's like, wait, this doesn't actually track in like the greater narrative. (laughs) (laughs) Didn't you realize that you made a magical system where you can do anything with magic? (laughs) Exactly. 
Exactly. That's why um, in our last episode, we were wondering whether or not Sirius Black had a wand at this point. Um, if he has a wand when he's like in hiding and later in the books, he like comes back from South from Brazil is what I'm saying. Um, and it's like, it's not clear if he has a wand, but he is like super hungry and like desperate and like raggedy looking. And it's like, he definitely, I think could have done better yeah. with a wand. <laughs> like why are you starving on the streets, bro? Well, even if you had a wand, you can't like transfigure food. So you'd have to think, steal it. I think you would, I think he would be, you can like, um, what's the word? They do it in a, like multiply it. They do it in Death oh, a little bit. Yeah. So he could like multiply one family is like meal and it's like, fine. They get like less nutrition in their meal or whatever for like this meal alone. <laughs> but, like I get to eat, you know, I think he could have been more creative and done more things if he had a wand. You're right. But Maybe the only way to get a toucan to deliver, I mean, a flamingo, <laughs> a flamingo, right, is what we decided. Yeah. Um, is to have a wand and, like, magic them. <laughs> <laughs> Just also, how did he get to wherever he was? Yeah, I was Brazil thinking that or too, whatever. Like, um, he take a... Did he swim? <laughs> no, he took Buckbeak. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Over the ocean. <laughs> That's kind of nuts. <laughs> I mean, surely, surely he must have gone up through Greenland and down the coast, right? Like, there's no way he just sailed straight over the Atlantic. <laughs> Is there? I don't think so. We don't know how no. how, how fast uh, hippogriffs can go, I guess. Yeah, I mean, like, but that's insane. Like, over an ocean, your bird cannot <laughs> stop to eat or drink or... Stop flying. <laughs> you just gotta, like, piss off the side of the hippogriff. And just, like, yeah, it hit you in the face. <laughs> okay. All right. I'm wrapping it up. <laughs> Let's move on to some plugs. I would love to start our little plug session by plugging our Patreon. This month's bonus episode just dropped this past Saturday, um, and it covered My Immortal the legendary Harry Potter fan fiction. That episode was extremely good. I recommend it with my whole heart. Um, so please check out our Patreon, which is linked in the show notes. Carrie, where can people find you on the internet? Um, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Carissa's Word, the C-A-R-I-S-S-A-Z-W-E-R-G. Linked in the show notes. You can find me on TikTok at Carrie's Word. And you can check out my podcast, Curly Critics Pod, on all the socials. Hell yeah. I, I love their show so much. Obviously, I love all of our, like, WBNE. I call you guys cousins, you know, because it's <laughs> yeah. like we're doing the same thing just, like, next to each other. Yeah, Curly Critics is covering Harry Potter right now, and it's, like, such a good time. So I highly recommend it. Um, so what do you have uh, something you've been watching, reading, listening to whatever lately that you think that listeners of our podcast would enjoy? Yeah, I want to plug the show Lucifer on Netflix. Ooh. It's a crime show where the devil comes to L.A. and like befriends a like detective and they like solve crimes together and then like heavenly shenanigans ensue. <laughs> Heavenly shenanigans. <laughs> well, that's like um, what's the David Tennant? Good omens. Show? Yeah, good omens. That's yeah. Heavenly shenanigans. Put that on my tombstone. <laughs> <laughs> the last season is coming out September tenth. 
So it oh. came out this past weekend. Yes. When this show airs. Yes. A <laughs> uh, little look behind the curtain, guys. We record this <laughs> in the past. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much. Leela, where can people find you on the internet? Hello, I'm Leela. You can find me on Instagram at Leels for Reels. You can find me on Twitter also as Leels for Reels. Um, and I, you can listen, you can find me on Sunday nights with uh, some of my friends doing another podcast, which is what I'm going to plug this week. Yay! I am plugging the Movie Night Crew, our network's namesake. It is just me and Tina and um, a handful of our friends. Uh, watching films while just like there's no rhyme or reason we literally spin a wheel um, many (laughs) times and what it lands on we watch Um, and then afterwards we have um, a conversation about them sometimes we end up roasting the film the entire time many times we do Um, it is body and uh, dirty and fun and it's a great time Um, lovingly produced by my husband um whose name is jason and he will actually be on next week's episode oh yeah Yeah. well zang um yeah and um he uh puts a lot of care into taking out all of our and all of our (laughs) all of our like what um and all of our awkward silences it's just crazy how many times i tell people they can't eat while they're while we're recording it just happens anyway (laughs) (laughs) like you know what what i should do right now chow down on a sandwich <laughs> anyway yeah check us out if you like this podcast especially um you may recognize some of your um some of your potter friends and you get to hear them in um you know a different type of environment but also very similar if you listen to this podcast and you're like wow i like it but it could be a little more chaotic mm-hmm, mm-hmm. have we got a show for you <laughs> Well, thank you so much for your lovely plug. Not that I'm biased. Um, I've been your host, Christina. You can follow me on Instagram at ChristinaTheCon. You can follow me on Twitter at ChristinaCon. You can follow me on TikTok at Sprout's Private Stash. And this week, I would like to recommend Hyrule Cadence, which is a game for the Nintendo Switch uh, and maybe other platforms. I don't know, but definitely the Nintendo Switch. And it is a Legend of Zelda, like, universe game that incorporates literally EDM. (laughs) It's, like, two of my favorite things. As you're moving around this map, you have to move to the beat. It's extremely fun. Um, My husband, Sean, is a DJ, uh, and we're both Legend of Zelda enthusiasts. So it was was an extremely fun, not really that hard game. It's not nearly as involved or, like, plot-oriented as other Legend of Zelda games. Um, It's just, it's, like, a total Nintendo vibe. So I, yeah, I really recommend that. So, wow. Leela, thank you so much for coming on and chatting with us today. Anytime, babe. And Carrie, we are so grateful for you um, being our special guest today. It was an absolute pleasure to finally meet you and to get to talk (laughs) about Harry Potter, which we've both been talking about separately a lot lately. Yeah, it was so much fun to be here. (laughs) Hell yeah. And I hope we can get you back on for another uh, chapter of, uh, of Order of the Phoenix. Yeah. Another really long book. <laughs> yeah, really long and really depressing. So we'll take all the friendship we can get to get through it. <laughs> awesome. All right, gang. I got to go finish reading Muggle Mail for Beginners before this book folds itself into a paper airplane and flies away. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs> 
The restricted section is a member of the Movie Night Crew Network, which features other amazing podcasts such as its namesake, The Movie Night Crew, which is an extra chaotic podcast featuring the gang just shooting the shit about whatever movie they just watched. Alrighty. It's movie night. Grab your popcorn. Grab your coffee. Grab your friend. Grab a cat. Let's go. Who directed this? What year did it come out? Is that that girl from that show? Who wrote this? Where's the cat? Who would you rather bang? Pass the popcorn. Does this pass the Bechdel test? What about the Steve Buscemi test? Does a woman literally speak in this movie? Oh my god, a dog. This reminds me of in Harry Potter when... Are we recording? What did the critics say? It's a guilty pleasure. What's your rating? Can you be quiet? Oh my god. Movie night crew. It's just like watching movies with your friends. And then arguing about it after. Every Sunday, wherever you get podcasts. The Restricted section was created by me, Christina Kahn, based on the book series by J.K. Rowling. All music by Ryan Kahn. Logo by Michael Hardison. Support us on patreon.com slash restricted section. For as little as a dollar a month, you can gain access to our Discord community server, which is a really happy place to be. And there are other rewards as well, such as bonus episodes and Zoom happy hour hangouts. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at RestrictedSectionPod, on Twitter at RestrictedPod, and on Facebook at RestrictedSectionPod. Also, feel free to shoot us an email at RestrictedSectionPod at gmail.com to share your thoughts, feelings, complaints, conspiracy theories, or even lavish praise. Hello to the listeners, Leela. That movie sucked. I kind of liked it. Movie Night Crew Network.